Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Naro Wang. And for episode 61, Southern California Sports Broadcasters Hall of Famer and USC Radio play-by-play broadcaster Pete Arbogast is kind enough to join me to recap the successful debut of Lincoln Riley as Trojans head coach against Rice and preview the Pac-12 opener versus Stanford. Pete, it's great to have you back on the show to actually talk about a win. Happy days are here again, at least for a week. (laughs) Let's find out what's going to happen next. It's a mystery show, really, this year. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and more. Or go right to our website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A. W-E-N-G Sports. Pete, how did the people catch up with you? Not easily. Uh, I'm on Facebook, and uh, my Twitter handle, I think, is at USC Voice. I don't use it very much. The Everything USC Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. As far as debuts go, you couldn't really ask for much more than what the 2022 USC football team provided at the Coliseum this past Saturday in destroying the Rice Owls 66-14. Quarterback Caleb Williams followed head coach Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma and showed off all of his immense talent completing 19 of 22 passes for 249 yards and two touchdowns, both to Pitt transfer and reigning Bolitnikoff Award winner Jordan Addison, while adding a team-leading 68 rushing yards as well. Running backs Austin Jones, Relique Brown, and Darwin Barlow all added TD runs. Twelve different Trojans caught passes, with a returning player, Taj Washington, leading the way with 65 yards on four receptions. After a slow start, the defense turned things around, beginning with Kalen Bullock's 93-yard interception return for a touchdown in the second quarter, and would add two more pick sixes from Alabama transfer Shane Lee and fellow linebacker Raylan Goforth. Pete Arbogast, from your position, calling the game from the USC press box, how did game one of the Lincoln-Riley era look to you? A little bit of a slow start. I didn't think we handled uh, Rice's running game very well, especially at the beginning of the game. And, you know, we were deadlocked at 14-all there for a bit. And I was worried about the run defense. 
and I still am because we take this game with a grain of salt because it's Rice, which is not a great opponent. Not like opening against Florida on the road, anything like that. And so I was worried at the start. Now, we're not going to get three uh, interception returns for touchdowns every game. That's probably not going to happen. But this group wants to have as many as, as 24 takeaways this year. They're on pace for like 50. So turnovers is one of their main goals this year. We'll see how that goes over the next few games as well. A lot of guys played, which is what we want to see in a route. A lot of new names played who we will become familiar with over the next few years. And in a few cases, there'll be guys in the 2024 season in November where we're saying, I hope they stay for another year, but they probably won't. It's always fun to see the new kids come in, get their feet wet. And how much are they going to play this year? How many of those true freshmen are going to see the field for more than the four games and tear their red shirt off? There's a lot of questions to be answered still. How did it go? Look, from my vantage point, first broadcast, first football games of the year are horrible usually. And I was better than I've been in a first game in quite some time. And I think USC can say the same thing. Yeah, USC finally getting some excitement back for the fan base. And they added another interception by one of those young players, Zamarian Gordon, picked off TJ McMahon, who replaced the starting quarterback for Rice, Wiley Green, who got injured trying to tackle Bullock on his interception return touchdown. So four interceptions overall by the Rice quarterbacks. USC, 538 yards of total offense, averaging 9.3 yards per play to just 280 yards for Rice. Maybe the only negative of the game was that shanked 26-yard punt by Aiden (laughs) Sleep Dalton in his one and only appearance of the game in the fourth quarter. So, like you said, it was Rice. Everyone expected USC to win this season opener. But what can the Trojans take away from this game moving forward, especially into this Pac-12 early start, as we always have, against Stanford? If we only see Aiden Sleep Dalton punt once a game, we're going to be really good. Uh, And he'll be better. He's an Australian rules football kicker. And if you watch Aussie rules football, and if you don't watch Aussie rules football, you should start this weekend. These are the quarterfinals this weekend. There are two games on Fox somewhere late at night on Friday and Saturday. And then next week are the semifinals and the grand championship game, which is like the Super Bowl. And if you think it's a quaint little sport in Australia, it may be that, but they get 120,000 people to all these games. So. There you go. I'm a big fan. I always have been of Australian rules football. It's it's organized mayhem, but it's a really exciting sport. What's going to happen with Stanford? What's going to happen with Fresno State when they come in? That's a good team. Uh, we got to go to Oregon State. Oregon State's no slouch over the last few years with Jonathan Smith as their head coach. So there are some games where USC is going to have to play better than they did to prove themselves to the rest of the world that this wasn't just Rice. And it was USC that was doing what they needed to do. That's what I'm most interested to see is how now they go on the road for the first time. They've got to prove themselves over and over and over again so that the naysayers who have seen what we've seen over the last few years, if you lay an egg, they're going to go, oh, well, there you go. It's just USC being USC. It's just the Pac-12 stinking again. So USC's got to carry the banner right now a little bit that Oregon got their butt kicked and that Utah lost at Florida. SC's carrying the banner a little bit right now, which is okay, but uh, are they banner carriers for this conference right now? And for how long? Only a couple of years we're going to the Big Ten. So I, I'm still in a uh, in a show-me mode. I like it. Show me some more. I'm with you. I think it's a great start, but 
It's just Rice. This game against Stanford is going to prove a little bit more. And each week going on, I think that Fresno State is a very sneaky, tough game. Oregon State has given us trouble, and they have an offense that could possibly give us trouble if the run defense doesn't shape up like you want them mm-hmm. to. So there's still a lot going forward that we need to see the Trojans prove. But again, this is the Everything USC podcast. I'm Nara Wang. My guest today, the voice of USC football, Pete Arbogast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Or go to our website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. I can be found on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports. And Pete, where can the people catch up with you, whether it's social media or where they can find the games to listen to you? Well, we're on 790K ABC, and you could go to their website, of course, and listen live. I think we're on TuneIn Radio as well and maybe on selected big games on Sirius XM. But you have to you have to hunt a little bit to find. And, you know, the greatest thing to do when, is turn down the sound on the TV, especially if you have a DVR. Listen on your computer because it'll be delayed. And hold the DVR at the, w- w- some point and wait for the computer broadcast to catch up and then start, and you can listen to our broadcast on top of the TV uh, broadcast. We're so much better than the TV guys. It's not even fun. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Lee, former Washington State Coug, and you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Network. And now let's look ahead to this game against our friends from the north, the Stanford Cardinal. The USC Trojans will go on the road to the farm for a 4.30 p.m. start on the West Coast, prime time action on ABC TV and If you want to listen to Pete Arbogast, KABC, 790 AM, the flagship station, and the Trojan Radio Network. Stanford coming off a win at home against the FCS team, Colgate, 41-10 to open their season. They had a rough last season as well, going 3-9 overall and and 2-7 in the conference. Last place in the last year of the North Division. The head coach, David Shaw, in his 12th year, 94-45 and overall, 64-32 and in the Pac-12. USC leads the all-time series 63-34-3, not including that vacated 2005 game. But last year, it was a 42-28 Stanford win at the Coliseum, which led to Clay Helton being fired two days later. The last time USC has won at the farm was back in 2014, a 13-10 victory. So there's a lot going into this game that USC has to answer and that Stanford has to answer coming off of last year as well. And looking at some of the key players for Stanford on offense, the junior quarterback Tanner McKee made his first career start last year against the Trojans in his first game this year, 22-27, 308 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception against Colgate. He is, of course, an old high school teammate of USED lineman slash linebacker Corey Foreman. And the running back is a familiar name, EJ Smith, the son of the Pro Football Hall of Famer Emmett Smith. And he had a big day in his start against Colgate, 11 carries, 118 yards, and two touchdowns. Added five catches for 37 yards as well. Leading receiver on the day was the fifth-year senior, Captain Michael Wilson. Five catches, 82 yards, and two touchdowns in their season opener. 
and they've got an experienced offensive line, to say the least. All five starters returning from last year. The senior left tackle, Walter Rouse, is making his 31st straight start in his career this weekend, and they've got some good lineage. The center, Drake Nugent, and the right tackle, Miles Hinton, both sons of former NFL players. On defense, you can look at senior inside linebacker Lavani Damuni, who led the Cardinal with 10 tackles against Colgate. Fifth-year senior outside linebacker Jacob Mangum Farrar, five tackles and a forced fumble against Colgate. And a couple of familiar names for USC fans, senior cornerback Caillou Blue Kelly led the Pac-12 last year with 13 passes defensed had a 31-yard interception return pick six against the Trojans last year. He is the son of former Trojan and NFL corner Brian Kelly, and they've got a backup defensive end, junior Lance Kennelly, the son of former USC and NFL D lineman Matt Kennelly. So what does SC need to do to get this win against Stanford at the farm? Well, it's hard to say whether you want Stanford to pass or, or run more. Tanner McKee picked SC apart last year. The game was kind of close in the third quarter, and then it got away. And McKee was the reason why, and he's really good. I thought the kid from Rice at the beginning of the game, Wiley Green, was doing sort of the same thing, little dinks and dunks, and doing well before he got hurt. I want to go back and first I say Rice would beat Colgate. Okay, we'll get that out of the way. The second thing is the interesting moment that we play Stanford every year at the beginning of the season. And there's a reason why that happens. And it's Notre Dame. Both USC and Stanford play Notre Dame. We would normally be playing Stanford in the middle of the season, but we go to Notre Dame every other year and they go to Notre Dame every other year during that week. And so this is the year that they go and we always play them to open the season. That's the only option that we have when we play Stanford. Now, is Stanford going to go to the Big Ten with us? Is Notre Dame going to be in the Big Ten? There's a lot of questions still. Another note about Stanford. David Shaw is the winningest coach in their history. He's a really good coach. He's had a couple of down years, and Stanford sticks with him, and that's great. His entire staff is back, and there's something to be said for continuity of coaching got a very young team. I look at the board. Here's my board. I've already got it ready to go for Saturday. And on it, there are very few pink markings. And pink for me is a senior that's graduated. Can't play anymore after this year. And there aren't very many of them. So when Stanford comes to the Coliseum next year, I expect this Stanford team, they'll still have McKee. They'll still have EJ Smith. They'll have a couple of new receivers, one new lineman. And this is an offensive line. As you mentioned, they're all back. It's only one of seven teams in college football with all of their offensive linemen back and the only staff that's got all their coaches back. It's going to be a much better team next year in the next couple of years to come. So that'll be interesting. If they didn't have EJ Smith, and I think he's better than Nathaniel Pete, who ran pretty well against SC last year. If they didn't have Smith, I'd say you'd want to guard against the run and make him pass, make McKee pass. But they got all their receivers back too. Now, they didn't show anything to Colgate. We didn't show anything to Rice. So we're going to see what each of these teams really has. I would expect it to be a really good game again for two and a half quarters. I think SC's offensive talent is way better than Stanford's defensive talent. Stanford's defense is not as good as they were last year. And I think SC's offense is very, very difficult to stop. 
if they can get a couple of stops on McKee and Stanford, they'll win the game by about the same kind of score that you saw last year, 42-28. I think it'll be closer to like 48-20, something of that nature. Yeah, and we're going to get to these predictions as always. I think <laughs> okay. the key Well, is... I blew it already. Well, no, no, that's all right. <laughs> we're just getting everyone teased for the predictions upcoming. But yeah. I would yeah. say on offense, I know everyone's enamored with Caleb Williams, and he looked great. But again, that was Rice. I think Stanford is going to show a little bit more. And so I think the key is running the ball effectively. That'll open up the pass game. But I think SC has to establish themselves on the ground. And that can get the offense going. And on the defensive side, you got to put pressure on Tanner McKee. If you can put pressure on him, he's a big, strong kid. But you got to put pressure on him. And I think that can allow SC to dictate possessions on that end. So... We'll see if those things come true in the game. And so now it's time for us to make those predictions and to recap what I did in the first game against the editor of Trojans Wire, Matt Zemek. I took the win 2-0. We both, in our players that we believed in, we both went offense. I took Caleb Williams. He went with Travis Dye. Caleb Williams with the better game, so I took the win there. On the game score, we both had SE winning big, but by less than the spread of 32 points. I had 45-20, Matt had 37-7. So with that 66-14 score, I'm going to say that neither of us get that there. And then on the prop bet, Nara's no doubter was that a defensive or special teams touchdown would be score. Well, I won that three times over. And mm-hmm. Matt, with his the Zemek zone, he doubled down on his Travis Dye prediction and went with 100 plus yards and a touchdown for die he actually only had 20 yards and no scores he was one of the only running backs who couldn't get in the end zone basically for usc so 2-0 i start off the season on a good note with the predictions and so now for this week the players we believe in basically the trojan mvp of the game I'm going to go with the former Stanford running back, Austin Jones, in his return to the farm. I'm taking Austin Jones as the player I believe in. Pete, who are you going with? It's a double, a two-headed sword here. I have to pick two different guys, and they are Corey Foreman and Solomon Tuliapupu. I think they're going to be the guys that do put the pressure on McKee, making him throw often when he doesn't want to, a little too soon and a little too wobbly. And so those two guys are going to be super important to this football game. All right. I'll let you get away with that. I'll give you the two guys. So if those guys combine in a big way over Austin Jones, you'll win that. So we'll see how our predictions do for the players we believe in. And now for the game score, our partners at Bet Online, as we record this on Tuesday morning, have USC as a nine-point favorite going into the game. So Pete, I'll let you go first. What is the game score for this one? 48-20. 48-20. I think we're going to score a bunch of points. I think it'll be closer. I think it'll be, oh, 28 or 31-20. And then uh, Stanford will cough it up somewhere along the way in the wrong spot. And SC will just kind of roll down the end. All right. I have it a very similar score, but 10 points less for USC. I've got it 38-20 for USC to easily cover the nine-point spread, but not quite as many points as you've got them having. So if SC scores more points, you'll take it. If they score a little less, I'll take it. And of course, if SC loses or fails to cover, then that might be a no-win situation for both of us as well. And now it's time for the always entertaining prop bet portion of the show. For me, it's Nara's No Doubter. And on this one, 
maybe a little bit of a limb that I'm going out on here, but I say that there will be a blocked kick of some kind in this game, whether it's a punt, a field goal, a PAT, a kick is getting blocked in this game between either USC or Stanford. So that is my Nara's no doubter for this week. Pete, last year you called your pick Pete's preference. Are you keeping that name? You're changing it up. What do you got for this year? I kind of like Pete's pick was what came to mind. Just again, uh, using the same letter twice. Pete's pick. Pete's pick. That sounds good. So what is What's Pete's it going to be is the yes. question. Yeah. Well, that's, that's tougher. That is tougher. Aiden Sleep Dalton, when he punts, is not going to have a punch shorter than 45 yards. Okay. So the punter, the Aussie, who got off to a bad start in his USC debut, but you say he's rebounding, and any punts that he does have will go at least 45 yards. That's right. All right. I'll take that. That's a good prop bet there, and that is showing faith in our punter, Aiden Sleep Dalton. And you know what? If he doesn't punt, I may just give you the win on this one. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a no bet. That's a push. Everybody gets their money back on yeah. that one. But I think I think because of what happened, I think he rebounds in a big way. I don't know that they're going to punt a lot, but maybe twice. So to recap our predictions for this week, the players we believe in, I'm going with Stanford transfer Austin Jones returning to the farm and taking it to his old team. And Pete Arbogast, what are you going with? You're going defense. Julia Pupu and Corey Foreman. I don't know how you quantify this because I don't know if they have to have sacks or uh, tackles for loss, or you're just looking at hurries. It's kind of hard to, to I, It's determine. a little tougher on defense, but I'm looking at all of that. So if those guys are disruptive, even if they don't quite yeah. get the sacks or anything like that, I'm going to give you credit for that. I'm watching the game intently, so I'm going to give you credit for that. I'm fair about these things. So we'll see. Now, I'm saying not Tui Pelotu, but Solomon Tulia Pupu. The young guy. Well, he's an old guy. He's just young in terms of experience. Yes. You're not going with Thule. You're going with Solomon. Yeah, or Thule. Yeah. (laughs) And on the score, we've both got USC winning big, covering the spread. I've got a little less, 38-20. Pete with the 48-20 score. And in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter, there will be a blocked kick of some sort in this game. Is that for SC or for either team? Either team. I'm saying that there will Either be a team. block oh, kick. All right, all right. Blanket kick. Okay. And Pete's pick is also special teams related. He's going with the USC punter, Aiden Sleep Dalton, to not have a punt shorter than 45 yards in this one. Pete, last year I got you on the prediction, so we'll see if you rebound this year and get me. It's a guarantee. And this is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm your host, Nara Wang, joined today by the Hall of Fame voice of USC football on the radio, Pete Arbogast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, or go to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network and at Believe Sports. To catch up with me on social media, you can find me on Twitter. Find and follow me at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Pete, where do they catch up with you on social media and regular media? At USC Voice is my Twitter handle. So I'm pretty sure of that. You can find me on Facebook. That's not difficult. I'm on Instagram, but I don't know what my handle is. Oh, it's Arbo54, which is the year I was born. And incidentally, 
on Saturday night during the Stanford game. I'm missing my John Marshall High School class of 1972 50th reunion to call this game. Wow, big reunion for Pete Arbogast, but he's going to be at the game. I won't be there. Can't be there. There's a bunch of stuff we're doing on Thursday and Friday and Sunday, and I'll be there for all of that. As a result, interestingly, perhaps to no one, I'm driving up on Friday night to the game so I can go to those events and see my classmates. Then I'll do the game. Originally, we were thinking, because the reunion starts at like 6 at night and the game starts at 4.30, originally, and there's still a chance, I guess, that we were going to have people from the reunion come on to Zoom and the audio portion would be on our broadcast and they'd say hi to me and that would be kind of a nice thing. But I don't think that's going to – I just don't think anybody cares except me. <laughs> well, we're going to give a shout-out anyway to the Marshall High 50th class reunion for Pete Arbogast. Deja vu in 72. And then we have a picnic at Griffith Park on Sunday and I will have driven back all night, so I'll be a great sight to see at that picnic. Which is, look, it's a fair sight better than hanging with a bunch of 67 and 68-year-old hungover people from the reunion the night before. I'll take the drive. This is Dane Blanton, head coach of the 2021 and 22 national champion USC Beach Volleyball team. And you're listening to the Believe in Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang. Finally. This is probably how I'm going to end most of the shows this year whenever I bring on a new guest because we have to discuss the biggest news from the summer, the decision by USC and UCLA to move to the Big Ten Conference beginning in the fall of 2024 when the news broke at the end of June, Pete Arbogast. How surprised were you to hear it and do you think it's the right decision for USC? I was a little surprised. I knew something big was coming because Colin Cowherd told me to be ready for something big. He wouldn't tell me anything else but that. And so uh, that when that happened, I go, oh, he knew that was going to come. I don't know how he knew that. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. From my perspective, I'm sitting in a press box, and when the two teams run onto the field, as long as there are two teams, I get to call the game. So it doesn't matter to me who those two teams are. I like to see UCLA, Notre Dame every year. I like to see Stanford and Cal every year. Those are great rivalries. The rest of them. So let's assume that I have 10 years left in my career. I get to go see nine new stadiums that I've never been to, including going to the big house, which I've always wanted to do. And then Michigan comes to the Coliseum. That'll be great. And I get to see six Big Ten teams that I've never seen before and call games between USC and those six teams. For me, any new experience at this stage after you know 35 years is a good experience. Calling a game against Rice is a good experience because I've never seen Rice before as a broadcaster. So I'm looking forward to that. And a stat I mentioned on the broadcast in passing when we talked about it the other day, USC is 75 and 30 against the Big Ten all time. I like our chances. True. Although a lot of that was good old Rose Bowl victories as well. That's going to change with this new dynamic where we might be, if the Rose Bowl still has the pack, whatever, against the Big Ten going forward, we might be on the other side of that rivalry. So what is it going to do to the Pac-12 conference, in your opinion? Yeah, we're not done by any means. I don't know what it's going to look like when the dust settles. My best guess, personally, is that we're going to have three or four conferences we've been talking about this for 10 or 15 years on our air 
three or four super conferences of 20 teams, maybe. They probably will divorce from the NCAA and form their own union. It'll be a semi-pro football league as if it isn't already with NIL. And those 20 teams will be divided in each conference into four divisions of five. At the end, those four divisional winners will meet in semifinals in the conference final and then the 12 or 16 team playoff. It's fascinating to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing all the changes. And as long as they're still playing USC football, it's fine with me. Yeah, I think they should just figure out that football is headed in that direction, like you said, to the super conference deal. And let's just separate football from the rest of the sports. I mean, really the move doesn't affect football so much as it affects all of the other sports at USC and UCLA, the so-called Olympic sports, where the travel there is going to be crazy. You're going to have kids basically doing Zoom classes for a week while they're on road trips and things like that. So Longer road trips for sure. I think that is where if you kept SC and UCLA in a Pac-12 or whatever for all the other sports, but we come up with a new system for football, new playoff system, new conferences, whatever you want to do, I think that's where we're headed anyway down the line in 10 to 20 years or whatever. So let's just get it done now. Let's, like you said, divorce football from the rest of the sports and get it done that way. Follow the money. And uh, they seem to be starting to do that finally. We've been talking about an expanded playoff. They're having playoffs in every other division in every sport, except the top division of major college football. Well, now they got a 14 playoff, and now it's going to turn into 12. And that could be a couple of years from now, or if they decide they want to change it next week, they will. They'll just do it this year if they want to. They could do anything they want. Follow the money. And the reason we don't have a true playoff system is because the money is with the Bulls. And the Bulls run the college football postseason. And that is why we have the system we're in, because the Bulls have to be involved in some way. So that's a longer discussion. The Bulls will all be involved, and the minor Bulls aren't involved in it anyway. It's not going to change that much. It really won't. But like you said, truer words have never been said. Follow the money. So again, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show talking USC football, Pete Arbogast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Let's hope for the best. I think this is going to be a pretty good team. I don't know how good they're going to be yet. Ask me again after the Oregon State game, and we'll have a pretty good indication of what we're looking at. So, for my guest, Pete Arbogast, the voice of USC football, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for Episode 61 of the Everything USC podcast, presented by Bet Online on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.